This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. When your personal investments need help to reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Prime Time Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50-plus in your overall investment tax and estate planning and your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. And you want to know where the stock market is headed? Parts are doing extremely well, and the other parts are not doing so well. Like, actually, they're kind of horrible. So what do you have in your portfolio? Are you making the returns that you should be? If not, stay right here because Paul McDonald's going to join us and he's going to talk about, you know, what areas you should be investing in today and what areas you should be avoiding. And then later on in the show, I'm going to talk a bit about a special uh, workshop that we have coming up this Wednesday. It's uh, July 26th. It's a Wednesday. And it's all about estate planning. So that's another sector altogether. So that's why we say on the show, investment, tax, and estate planning, because we talk about all of that here. And uh, But first, um, are you approaching retirement or have you retired recently? You know, maximizing your retirement income uh, may be an important aspect of enjoying and making the most of the last phase of your life. However, a large portion of your major sources of retirement income may be taxed at a higher rate than it should be. So I've seen that with a lot of people where they're, unfortunately, the way they've structured things, put themselves into higher tax brackets than they should be. And that's what you want to kind of avoid. And this could be likely because you have an employer pension, you have RIF accounts coming in, you have CPP, and then you have a lot of interest income, which is taxed at the highest rate. Fortunately, you know, um, myself and our team, we specialize in financial, of course, and tax planning, like I just said. And we have these different approaches in terms of how you can maximize your after-tax retirement income. And that's the key word, after-tax retirement income. Stay right there. We're going to get back. I'm going to tell you about the 10 top tax-saving retirement strategies you should be incorporating right now. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. And I have a few of the top 10 strategies to pay less tax in retirement. I can't go into all 10, but I'll go into uh, as many as we can fit in here today. Okay, number one is the order of your asset withdrawal. Okay, I'm retired now and I have to draw money in. What accounts do I draw from first? Uh, Locked in accounts, in, in my opinion, are number one because they're locked in and you can only get at a certain amount of money. Because uh, locked in a lira or a, a lift that they turn into have a minimum and maximum attached to the amounts that you can draw because they came from a pension and the government requires that pension to last you for the rest of your life. So that'd be number one. Number two is if you have an open account and you have investments in there, the tax, the distributions that you get from dividends and from interest and capital gains are all taxed. So that would be one pool that, because you're paying tax on that on a everyday basis. That's one that you would pick the as the second part. And then what you look at is how can I draw on 
um, my RSP and RIF and how do I fit that into the picture? And then lastly, after the RSP and RIF, or you have to or you may not have to, is the uh, tax-free savings account because everything's tax-free in there. And you can name a beneficiary. So it has good estate planning um, qualities to it, but it also has tremendous tax advantages because everything that you're doing in there, you're not paying any tax. So that's called order of asset withdrawal. And in my opinion, that's the number one out of all the the 10 that we're going to be talking about. Number two would fit back in there into that open account where you're paying tax. It's called tax preferred investment income. So what's preferred? Well, when I have an open account, I'm paying uh, tax on interest. I'm paying tax on dividends and I'm paying tax on my capital gains. Of course, the the best one is going to be capital gains because you only have to pay tax on 50% of it. You get a tax credit if you're investing in dividends. So that's the second best one. But the worst one is going to be uh, interest on GICs or interest on bonds because that's taxed at your full tax rate. So you'd want those kinds of investments in another account. So tax preferred retirement income where it's in a tax pool. Remember, inside of your RIF account, what, you, what grows in there, you're not paying tax. And what's inside of your tax-free savings account, you're not paying tax. So the account that you have that's neither of those two, which is, we call an open account, that one's subject to tax. And having tax-preferred income in that account is essential as you go through 20 or 30 years of retirement. Um, another one that we have, which is actually strategy number five, is pension income splitting. Remember, you could split your pension. So even if you get a package and you're 60 years old and you're now you're retired and uh, you can start to uh, you know split that pension with your uh, spouse if the spouse is not working perhaps or it could be a, a you know some sort of a, a situation where you have uh, both spouses that have retired but one doesn't have a pension and one does you can split that and um, after you, after the age of 65 you actually get um, you know some credits for uh, splitting uh, you know from pension credits on your tax return. So that makes it, uh, you know, essential too. And you can create a pension. So say for instance, again, you're retired, you're 65, both spouses are 65, don't have any company pensions. You can create a pension by converting some of your RSP to a RIF and then drawing it out of the RIF. And that counts as pension income. And that way you can take advantage of the credits that you get there. So that's an opportunity there too. Okay. Let's uh, talk about another one. Um, it's got, what I call it is, um, ex- effective use of your basically your surplus assets you know um people are living longer these days so you have to look at i have if i have extra money what do i do with that and people are in that situation maybe you're not but there are people out there and if if you're one of them you have this pool of money that you have but you don't really need to draw on it and it's sitting there how do you deal with that well you have to focus on that and say you know that's going to be more in tune with what i'm going to do for estate planning now and when you look at estate planning, there's um, three options uh, that may be of interest. Number one is, uh, you know, a tax-exempt life insurance. There's uh, lifetime gifts is number two. And then establishing a trust may be number three. Three ways to save taxes on this pool of money that you may not need to have to draw on. So that I call that effective use of surplus assets because what you're doing is you're taking care of yourself now while you're retired and you're, you're, you're saving, trying to save tax the best way you can but at the same time, you have this pool there that you could be paying extra tax on. Well, maybe it's a, a thought process where you say, maybe that's better suited for estate planning, and maybe I should contribute to these other kinds of a trust or an insurance policy where I can transfer it to the next generation and get it to them with uh, you know very little tax. So that's one thing you got to be thinking about. Um, one more that we have uh, time for, and that's um, looking at your, your minimum RIF uh, withdrawals. So when you look at that, if your pension income and retirement income are 
sufficient to uh, look at your retirement expenses, then you want to manage yourself so you're taking the minimum amount that you can out of the RIF or the LIF. And what's going to happen is over 20 or 25 years of retirement, you gradually draw on that account to manage your tax brackets. And later on in the, in the shows over the next little while, especially as we go into the end of the year, I'll talk more about that. The best thing about all this is I have a guide for you. And it's the 10 strategies to pay less tax in retirement. So I'm going to go through all of those things. So the order of asset withdrawal, tax-preferred investment income, pension income splitting. Another area that I didn't talk about was called spousal loans, surplus assets, uh, tax-free savings account. How do you strategize that? Prescribed annuities. And then again, um, the minimum RIF withdrawal planning. So it's all included in the... Uh, in the guide that we have that was developed by RBC Dominion Securities, and we'll send it out for you, no cost. All you got to do is give Dominique a call now, 1-866-891-2637. So if you're retired or you're close to being retired, this is a guide that's essential to you so that you're, you're maximizing your after-tax returns. That's the key thing at the end of the day as you go through retirement. So give Dominique a call now or after the show, 1-866-891-2637. It's called the 10 Strategies to pay less tax in retirement. Stay right there. Paul McDonald's going to be joining us to talk about what sectors you should be investing in and which ones you should be avoiding. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino and Primetime Money. And joining us now is Paul McDonald, who's the Chief Investment Officer at the Harvest Portfolios Group. Hey, good morning, Paul. Thanks for uh, taking the time to uh, join us here again this morning. Hey, Richard. It's great to be with you. You know, it's uh, it's been a very interesting market, a lot different than you know I've, what I've been accustomed to the last 25 years in terms of there's certain areas of the market that are doing extremely well and certain areas that are doing extremely poorly. And if you're invested in, like, a, you know, broad-based fund, you're kind of going nowhere because you have half of the half of the money probably and something decent, and the other half, and something absolutely horrible. So you're in, you're in the middle road, so you got to be a little bit more specific, a little bit more, uh, you know, focused on certain sectors. And I know you guys manage a lot of funds that have sectors. The one area that, you know, that is uh, really on fire is uh, technology, especially the big names. So the question we want to ask you is, is, is this going to continue, even though they've, they've moved so much, or is it going to spread out? Great question. Look at the tech's been on fire. Um, and you, we, we're getting a, a term coined uh, the Magnificent Seven now, which is Apple, Microsoft, Tesla, Meta, NVIDIA, Amazon, Google. And they're really big weights in the market. And so they've been performing really well. So that has, that has skewed the, the, big, the broader market's performance just because those companies are so big and they're doing well. Um, but look, when we take a, take a step back, you know, tech's been performing really well across the past, really the past decade coming into 2022. We call it, call it leadership, which it means it's not necessarily the best every year, but it's always up in the top performing sectors. And when we ask ourselves, well, why is that? It's because the structural growth for technology continues to be very strong. Think about how much tech we use today compared to where we were 10 years ago. And the innovation that's happening in that space, I can only with fairly clear vision, see us using more technology in the next five to 10 years. So that, that growth is very much intact. And I, I wanna make, make the point that even though 
that quote magnificent seven is is catching the headlines you know in our tech fund we've got 19 out of our 20 names that we hold are up double digits this year and so yes they haven't done you know all done the the big numbers and we own a lot of those names that we just talked about um but that breadth has already started um really over a call of the past three months to spread out and to to impact other areas in technology but also it started to see we're starting to see that bread really move into other areas of the market and from our perspective i think that's really a healthy sign yeah so if it's going to spread the, the big question the listeners want to know is where's where's going to spread to yeah uh, the um, <laughs> uh, so like industrials or and, like what what sector do you think yeah, is and, yeah and so I, I, when we think about 2022, all the negatives that were out there about inflation and, and interest rates, it looks like and the, the, the looming recession that has been looming for 18 months, it looks like the market is looking through the, the valley of a slowdown. And so we're seeing some of that macro narrative uh, change here a little bit. And so I, I absolutely areas like the industrials uh, have started to catch some wind. You know, the one area to me is the consumer, um, which we have seen a bit of a shifting in how consumers are spending. But within that consumer discretionary is what we call it. The travel related areas continue to perform exceptionally well. And our thesis was and continues to be, even if we do get a bit of a slowdown, the pandemic has has been a structural shift in how we spend our free cash. Yeah. And we get we have we had those holidays taken away from us. Now I'm not going to just take one point one holidays a year on average. Um, maybe it's one point four. And so we're seeing that as a an area of growth that is continuing to perform quite well. And as we look at kind of the next 18 months, that would be somewhere that, uh, that we would expect as, uh, as we continue to look through the valley will perform quite strongly. Oh, interesting. Um, you know, like one area that, um, that has been kind of left behind is, uh, is healthcare. Like, can this change or is, is it something that there's, um, you know, some sort of government policies that are hurting these companies or is it just, you know, an area where it's gone through a little bit of a you know lull here, and it's going to continue to do well. So, uh, healthcare is what we call a superior good, which means we need it in up and down markets. Which also means that during times when you know perhaps there's more uncertainty, like there was in 2022, it tends to perform quite well. Versus you know when when animal spirits are out and growth is really moving, um, it it doesn't necessarily perform as well. Um, I would say unequivocally, the medium longer term outlook for healthcare is extraordinarily strong. It's one of the few areas that have permanent non-cyclical drivers um, exposed to aging populations, technological innovation, which I'll touch on in a second, um, and developing markets spending more as, as wealth increases. What we're seeing now, though, is that technological innovation is really the next leg of growth for this sector. And I want people to understand that when we think healthcare defense value, um, we really have to insert, yes, but with growth and innovation. And that's, I think, where we see 
potentially in the in the short to medium term uh, a bit of a pivot and we're seeing that with some of the earnings results from some of our companies in particular in the medical devices areas uh, but also in areas uh, in drug development like obesity uh, which is just absolutely fascinating what's happening there so I think that uh, innovation will inspire growth now one of the reasons why the sector was um, underperforming earlier is performing actually quite strongly early in the year and then the government shutdown uh, even though we all roll the eyes uh, to the back of our heads in the US that there's no way they're going to shut down the government it's it's still a non-zero probability and uh, certain parts of the healthcare sector are exposed to that spending so if the government were to have shut down um, that could have caused uh, some financial impact. It didn't. We're starting to see that now flow through back in and seeing some renewed interest, especially, as I said, as we see some of these uh, results coming in, both on, on um, innovative trials, um, but also on the financial side in the, in the shorter to medium term. Yeah, so more of an opportunity than a worry then. I think so. Okay. Uh, yeah, another area that I wanted to ask you about too is, you know, the Canadian market has just been horrible here. Um, why is it so bad? And, and are there any opportunities? Like, what areas of if you're going to invest in Canada, like where, where are you going to invest? Yeah, and so not dissimilar to that that comment on the the magnificent seven. Canada does tend to be highly concentrated in a couple of key sectors. So energy, which had done really well last year, has pulled back this year, um, having a little bit of subsiding in the narrative uh, with the uh, um, Russia invasion of Ukraine. Um, that that has taken uh, commodity prices down a little bit. Um, but also, we had a mini bank crisis in the U.S. Uh, effectively a run on the bank. We don't need to go through all the details, but that did have a spillover into the into the Canadian market. Uh, when I look at uh, opportunities within the Canadian market versus the rest of the world, and in particular in the U.S., the real growth we see is is in the U.S. Um, and I would highlight, though, um, we're actually in, right in the middle of doing a, a piece where we're calling it Incomes on Sale in Canada. So for those that are looking for income, uh, there's some great I would call more staple-like or cash-flowing companies that are relatively inexpensive, areas like some of the utilities and some of the pipelines. Um, they're very inexpensive to where they were trading. They're inexpensive to where they're trading relative to um, other markets in the world. But also that the same is true of their yields, meaning that we're getting more yield um, in some of these names in the Canadian market than we are elsewhere but we're getting them at a lesser cost. So I do think there's some select opportunities, but I think we'd prefer to focus in on areas of growth outside of the uh, the Canadian market. Oh yeah, okay, so one more question just before I let you go there. Um, we made a great call, like last time you were on the show, maybe about a month ago or more than that, um, we talked about travel and tourism, and you have a new fund, you had a new fund there that focused on that. That's done, must have done extraordinarily well so far. Tell us about it and what's what's it invested in? So we launched back uh, back in 2021 a, uh, a travel fund, which was really an opportunity we saw for a recovery 
in that space. So 30 of the largest travel-related companies across all of the various travel sectors. And so there are funds out there and and, um, ways to get exposure just to airlines or to hotels or to cruise lines, but there's nothing that really encompasses all of those areas in one. So that's what we launched. And uh, what we decided, one of the areas that we focus in on, Harvest is on covered calls. I know we're not going to have time to talk exactly how they work, but effectively we give up a little bit of the upside in in favor of getting cash flow. Uh, So we took that that travel fund and effectively replicated it, but put it in with our covered call strategy. Um, And that just really gives an opportunity to, yes, keep exposure to that area, um, and uh, which we continue to like, but basically monetize some of the uh, some of the upside and and really generate a very high yield um, around ten percent. Uh, so that's an area we like it for the the longer term growth, but also for those that uh, that are looking for higher cash flow. Uh, we now have our cover call overlay on that particular mandate. Yeah, no, that's an outstanding idea, Paul. I know you're busy. Thanks for uh, taking the time to join us. Thanks again, Richard. And what's the symbol again on that uh, travel ETF? T-R-V-I. T-R-V-I, and it trades on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Excellent. Correct. You take care, sir, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Likewise. Thanks right. again. Goodbye. Bye. Okay, that was Paul McDonald, Chief Investment Officer at Harvest Portfolios Group. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. The distributions are not guaranteed, and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds and ETFs are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by Harvest Portfolios Group. Okay, we have about two minutes left. I want to tell you about a special uh, workshop that we have coming up. It's this Wednesday. Uh, July 26th. It's going to run from 11 a.m. till around 1 p.m. And we have a special guest speaker. His name is Manish Gasrani. He's our senior trust advisor. And he's going to help us talk about estate planning strategies that you want to know about. So everything to do with estate planning, wills, probate, powers of attorney, all of that, plus a little bit of focus on an executor, choosing an executor, how to do that, and then um, the duties of an executor so you understand how that all works. And then what's called agent of executor, that's someone that you can hire to help your executor that you choose uh, do all the functions in terms of what has to be done with executorship today. And it's um, it's really important. And the other part that we really want to talk about is choosing a power of attorney. You know, with our clients, we've noticed that this is an area that's very difficult to to, to have a choice too. If you don't have a family and you're trying to choose these type of people, or you do have a family and you, you're not sure who you want to choose. So he's going to get into all that too. And it's a, a webinar. So all you got to do is, uh, you know, log on your, your laptop or your iPad there and uh, you're where we're rolling. So all you got to do is give Dominic a call, 1-866-891-2637 to get yourself registered. You can also always visit our website for those of you who are listening. All of this information that I talk about here on the show is on there. And the website is primetimemoney, all one word, no spaces, .ca. You can go log on there. Or just, it's really easy, just give Dominique a call, 1-866-891-2637. You can ask her for the guidebook on the 10 strategies and uh, register for the webinar all in one move there. 1-866-891-2637. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you next time right here on Primetime Money. I'm Richard Infantino. You guys have a great day. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. 
Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.